You're listening to Fragmented, the podcast that delves deep into the fragments of the soul, mind and life to promote self-reflection and real change. Check out our website, thefragmentedpodcast.com to learn more, read our blog or get in touch. Assalamu alaikum, may peace and blessings be upon you all and welcome back to another episode of Fragmented. Alhamdulillah, today I'm joined by Khadil Qasim who is an international counsellor and therapist and delivers a workshop called Islam and the Philosophy of Emotions, which I believe has visited many different cities and universities. And today, inshallah, we'll be talking about spiritual detoxing, what it is, the importance of it, and anxiety, which is a topic that's very prevalent in today's society. So first of all, assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam. Zagla for having me on. Like it's, and we've been speaking about it for a while now. Let's do something together. So I'm glad that it's finally come together and um, finally do it on your podcast, inshallah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Uh, it's, it's, it's an honor to have you, honestly. Um, Some with your expertise and mindset, because I know we've had a few conversations as well. And it's always amazed me how, how deep it kind of is. And yeah. it's, it's nice to, you know. So before we begin, it would be nice to know a little bit more about yourself. Uh, what is it that you actually. And obviously, it's 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 obvious. It's you know a counselor, a therapist. But what is it they actually do, like on a day to day? And yeah. what kind of inspired you, and how long have you been doing it? So you know what what really inspired me is from a very early age. Not even just with like Islamic knowledge, but even like secular knowledge. It was always like, why does no one know the answers to what I'm asking? Like I was always a very like why kind of child. Like always constantly ask questions. Why is this? Why do we live the way we live? Why do we feel the way we feel? And what are we supposed to do with it? Like, we can't just be here and work and then just die. Like, that's not what life is. Life has way more, much more depth to it. And I always understood that from a very young age. Um, my dad passed away when I was six. So I was very much like, hang on, if you die, like, how are you supposed to live? And like, why did he have all these things? He had a family, he had kids. But yet, like, it doesn't wait for no one. It just happens when it happens. And it's like, okay, cool. There has to be more meaning to life. And then obviously, I understood that it's a perspective of there's a next world that you have to live and then. For example, you have to, you've got to be a good person to like live a nice life. In that life, you've got to go obviously paradise and hell and the two different like um, spectrums. But then it, for me, it was very much like, why am I doing what I'm doing? What do I want to do? What's going to make me happy? And from a very young age, obviously, I was a little bit of a naughty child because all I wanted to do was have fun. And I never understood the concept of discipline or rules or whatever it was. It was always my rules. Why does it have to be your rules? Or why does it have to be adult rules or whatever it is? And so what inspired me was the truth um, more than anything else. It was always... The truth for myself and then also to help others understand the truth and for them to live a fulfilling life for them to live a life that's worth living well mashallah that, it, it seems like you've switched it and now you're going out and trying to help people find yeah. their, uh, their own yeah. truth, their own reality yeah no definitely this is an interesting thing because the other a few months back obviously before lockdown we were at um, one of my old colleges and a few of my teachers were still there and they were like wow you changed quite a lot i was like yeah I said I'm the, the same person I was, but like life does change a little bit. And I think um, in regards to like what we, what we do, or what I do day to day, um, obviously I've got an amazing team behind me as well. But what, what I tend to do more is the whole just counselling side. So like, um, people come to me with individual problems or whatever it might be. And you can tackle it from many different avenues, whether it be Islam, whether it be science, whether it be the West, whether it be philosophy or even sociology. Um, so like, there's many different ways that you can tackle it. There's many different ways that we do tackle it. But it's always about the individual like it's super super based on the individual which we, we forget about a lot of the times and it links a lot to like uh, anxiety which we get into later on but islam and and a lot they they put on set put on us certain concepts for accountability for ourselves and only ourselves 
and it's something we forget a lot of the time because we live around other people, because we live in a family or a family union or whatever it is, we forget about the individual or we clip our own individual wings um, kind of fit in and, and it, it, for me the biggest thing was no, like you're an individual and you can fit in without having to compromise your own magic so to speak. It's interesting that you mentioned anxiety actually. Uh, I think living in the world that we live in today, there's so many people with anxiety and it affects them on a daily basis, especially with young people and people of faith. And I think it's difficult because there's this idea, there's this ideology that um, faith and mental health can't coexist. So like, but I think it does and it should. And so essentially what is anxiety to begin with? And how does it manifest in a person's mind and their body? Okay, so I think when it comes to anything, I'm very, very much like all about definitions and where we take our definitions from. Because where we take our definitions, by extension, we take our meanings. And then the meanings we then have is then after the lenses with which we see the world, right? Um, so for me, anxiety is something that you could never truly define, but to an, to, to an individual, right? So you can take the secular perspective where anxiety, it's a men mental illness or it's like a physical illness. Um, where it's basically it makes you feel uneasy and there's certain symptoms of certain words that go well with anxiety right? we even find that it's basically so like the physiological symptoms could be like racing heartbeat sweating uh, not being able to focus or not even wanting to eat in that present moment and I think anxiety for me personally from like the Islamic perspective is when your soul is feeling uneasy but not even that and, and this is the beauty about it this is why I started with the foundation of no one knows it's super subjective right um, with everything in life, there's six main things. So there's you, there's your nafs, there's your indi individual self, there's Allah, there's the devil, and then there's also the mind, body, and soul. And it's those six things cover entirely, absolutely everything of the human condition. So anxiety can come from Allah, it can come from the devil, and it can also come from yourself, depending on your habits, your behaviors, um, and then the thoughts that you allow yourself to have. So for me, it's, okay, let's start with Allah. Let's start with Allah perspective, more God perspective, which is what I like to say. Um, Allah says in the Quran that he's made mankind anxious. Like the way we are as social creatures, we're always going to be anxious. Whether it's to do with um, our life, whether it's to do with our job, whether it's to do with family. So the verse itself, it says, and I've created mankind anxious, except for those who pray. Now praying doesn't just mean salah or like um, what, we, what we kind of cast as a superficial level of worship or prayer. What praying means is to understand life itself, right? And that's the beauty of it. Anxiety can come from um, the perspective of not just understanding life or, or just being in the unknown so that's the that's the god perspective where where what well, naturally going to be anxious i want to have a good life i want to maybe have a family i maybe want to have an awesome job and i want to have like good grades or whatever it might be we're constantly chasing things because we live life living forwards you can understand it backwards but you must live it forwards right so that's the god perspective or the, the super the, the the surface level of it when it comes to the and anxiety, anxiety can also be a, um, I think where Allah gives it to you in order for you to realize what you're doing is wrong. So for example, if someone's sinning or if someone's going clubbing or, or like you have in a haram relationship, anxiety could be something where your fitter are saying, look, hang on, he's giving you a red flag saying, hang on a second, you're doing something wrong, you're going against what you truly believe. And that anxiety in that sense can be a blessing from Allah. Um, so that's the first part. The second part from regards to, uh, to Allah, then official so shaitan, could, okay, so this is an awesome point, right? And not a lot of people know about this, but when Adam Islam ate from the tree, when he ate the apple, he basically, what happened there is the psychology of the original sin. And what the psychology of the original sin is, is 
because obviously our father Adam Islam, had it and obviously Allah is we always have it internally and it's the ability to want to control our risk so not even just risk in terms of money wealth but like also also how long we decide to live so every single person no matter who you meet has those two internal desires that will last forever we want to control our livelihood we want to control our and also the span of our life and even with non-muslims as well like that's the most important thing is it's wealth and it's the length of life or trying to make life longer um so that's the psychology of the original sin and where anxiety comes from shaitan we say look try and control this or try and control that um and that's where anxiety can, can stem from so shaitan wants us to feel bad he wants us to go through hardship and one of the ways in which he does it is through anxiety where he says oh um do this so you can get that job or do this that so you can get that job and what he'll do is he'll fight against it uh, even if someone that's praying so and i've seen this in my own life um as a counselor where someone will be praying for something and they're like oh allah's not giving it to me but i'm praying every day for it and it's like shaitan will then use that justification against you and like oh like maybe allah doesn't love you like, allah doesn't love me it's like why why have i done then you start becoming anxious and then your self-doubt kicks in and then low confidence kicks in and low self-esteem kicks in and like it's just this barrage of like cycle of a constant negativity and constant anxiety where you're like oh, i can't control this and even philosophy right even from, from the perspective of philosophy and, and the secular um education system is where we get told that we are what that we're in control of our lives and we're truly not right like i have this little joke thing that i do where it's like most people they're young they get a bit older to get and then they work hard to get good grades to get a good job so that they can get good money so that they can provide for their family so that they can then have kids and then they can just like work and then they can just die and like, that's it that's most people's like understanding of life and that's cool if you want that that's absolutely fine but my question is do you even want that and then linking it back to anxiety is okay you want to control all these things but you don't control them the only thing we control and Allah told us is our intention and our actions or our ability to not act that's all we control as awesome and as amazing as we are as human beings we only control those two things and then once we realize that and like we just do what we need to do and leave the rest of the law that's another way that you can actually combat anxiety but that's the shape on perspective or the devil's perspective where he'll try and make you control things that you can't control and it'll bring about anxiety and it'll bring about panic attacks or it'll bring about uneasiness or whatever um the individual to so the nafsi one is our own things right is what we want to do so i spoke a little bit about it in, in in the god perspective where i said if you're doing certain sins or you're doing certain actions you tend you can tend to be more anxious towards certain things so for example let's say and this is a super cliche thing and i'm going to take it from like from disney channel from when we were kids it's like let's say like you have a crush on someone or, or you want to um you want to go ask them out for whatever reason to prom or whatever it might be right like you stop panicking i'm gonna feel uneasy i want to do this because what you're what you're doing is you're fighting against yourself right your soul knows that the thing you're going for has no meaning to it you just attributed that meaning onto it right so based on a person's habits based on their, their behaviors not even just sins itself right just like even the way we think of life or our careers or i need to get here before i'm this age or i need to get there before that age because we take on society's meanings we take on the meanings of success from society and then it gets to a point where you're just like oh i'm just in an anxious state because i'm always thinking what's next what's next or why why have i not got there yet why have i not got there yet? and anxiety itself can, can lead to being unhappy because you do something called um destination happiness where you put your, hap- your happiness in an object in a place in a person um and a lot of people like they'll put on social media during the whole covid oh, i'll take them back to spain or like holiday throwback or, or holiday blues and it's like like relax like you can be happy here as well because what you tend to do with um destination happiness is you say to yourself okay i'm not going to be happy 
until I get to a certain place. But happiness isn't promised in that place anyway. And then you just keep changing the goalposts. Like I said, you're old, you're young, start young, you want to do the whole grades and that whole little system thing until death. And so anxiety can also come from ourselves from a nafsi perspective. I want this and I want that. And then when we don't get it, we start to feel anxious. I, I really want it. And then you can even lead on to jealousy, you can lead on to envy and a lot more like negative, quote unquote, negative emotions. Um, and then within that, like they have subcategories of spirituality. Um, so you can be spiritually anxious where you're like, um, Allah doesn't love me. Or, or, and, and again, this will link to everything I've said already, but I like, just like kind of make it come full cycle. So from the spiritual perspective, you could be doing certain sins where your soul's fighting out against it, right? Your soul said, don't do this, don't do that. Um, even the, in the way we understand certain things, right? Like, oh, let me try and control, or let me try and guide someone, or let me try and guide my friends like Islam. It's like guidance isn't even in our in our hands. And if this person is not becoming guided, um, even from a counselor perspective, I know a lot of counselors who seek counseling because their clients don't listen to them. And it's like, listen, like that's not your job. Your job is as a listener to listen and to give advice, whether they take it or not, regardless, alhamdulillah, regardless. Um, so from and then from a physical perspective, which is an awesome perspective, because Maulana Imam Rumi said this is the cure to the pain is in the pain. So if you're someone that is going through anxiety and it isn't from Allah, then it's either from Shaitan or it's from yourself. And so from the physical realm or the physical um, element or concept is your body saying, hang on a second, take a step back. You're doing something that's basically causing you to feel this way. Um, and then from the mind perspective, again, it's a lack of knowledge. The way we understand the world, the way we see the world through the lenses or through the knowledge that we have can either make, sure, make us anxious or make us less anxious. Sometimes the links, like the links are always there, right? Allah says that um, even for every single illness or disease, there's a cure for it as well. So the same way internally, or even if it's not like an external disease or it's an internal or spiritual one or a mental one. Um, and Allah speaks for all of these things, whether it be the soul or whether it be psychology in the Quran. Um, and I think every single thing interlinks and everything we do in life, like plays a massive part on who we are and who we become. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. We're like, but that's because we feel disconnected. That's because we don't know a lot about the soul or we don't take time out to understand the soul. But we don't even take time out to understand why do we want what we want. So Obviously, like you said, obviously, yeah, I did finish uh, just last year the Unicor on Islam and there's lots of different emotions. And the number one question that I love asking people is, what do you want from life? And they say, I want to be happy. And I'm like, okay, cool. And that's why most people stop. I'm like, why do you want to even be happy? It's like, oh, I don't know. I guess that's life. I'm like, okay. Then, you see, like, if you don't even truly know what you want, and, and it shocks a lot of people that, like, they haven't spent time out or they haven't even thought about such basic concepts to themselves or even for themselves because... It's, it's not about your family and it's not about people around you. It's about you. And again, that Arab proverb, which I always say in every single thing that I speak about, like what will empty vessels? We can only have a full of what we contain, right? And it's like you have people that go out and preach about love and peace and in their own lives. They're not, they don't have love or they don't have mm. peace or whatever it is. It's about you first and foremost. And I think a lot of people don't spend time to question or internally reflecting. It's a super dangerous state to be in because we're supposed to reflect. I think that's something I've realized as well actually over the past like, year or two that we need to go deeper like we need to actually try and understand why it is why why we're doing what we're doing and like you said about placing your happiness in one specific thing when I get that I'll be happy but the truth is it's it's like like you, you really want something um like a, a new phone you get it and the happiness is it, there, but it, it doesn't last. It, it just goes. And it's like, yeah, it I want another thing now. Um, yeah, and no, yeah, literally. 
most people live life like that, where it's like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And then you get the so-called midlife crisis. So now you, there's a new thing called core life crisis, apparently if you're 25 or whatever. As long as I missed it because I'm 26 now. Um, but like, I never understood those, those concepts. And I think for me, the most important, like, I never wanted to be a public speaker. I never wanted to be on the sound platforms. I just wanted to like, make sure I was okay. And then Alhamdulillah, it just came about in a way where now you get to see it, you get to say these things, you get to speak about these, and you get to ask the question that you once asked yourself. And I think once you come to terms with it, it does set you free. And I think knowledge again sets you free. And even understanding ourselves sets us free from ourselves. And the Mulana and Imam Rumi, they, like, they, they're the same person as Mulana and Imam Rumi. But um, uh, he says, liberate yourself from yourself. Like your idea of yourself, like, are you a prisoner of your own thoughts about yourself? Or are you free from who you think you are? Do you think that understanding yourself and, you know, that going deep and trying to make those, connect those links or see those connections, like you said, does that play, or actually there's no doubt that that, that plays a role in helping with anxiety as well? 100%, because again, I think the, the biggest thing whenever I've dealt with people who have anxiety and stuff is it's always about the unknown. And like, I don't know. And that's what making me feel uneasy. And the longer you're in the process of, not knowing or feeling uneasy, the more worse it gets over time. And that's just with any type of disease or illness, anytime you're not preventing it or you're not curing it, it gets worse. And that's just how we are as social creatures. And as much as as much as it hurts, or as much as it's a horrible thing to go through, anxiety and panic attacks, some people never truly get better, but you can learn to live with it. You can learn to understand them better. Because some people automatically assume that if you have a panic attack or if you have an anxiety attack, you're a bad person. And that's not the case at all. Like Again, like we went through the whole six points, you've got to figure out where's your anxiety coming from? Is it from yourself? Is it from God? Is it from Shaitan? And is it from the mind perspective, the soul perspective, or the body perspective? Um, and that, that's the beauty of it, is that you get to figure it out for yourself. But a lot of people now, once they feel a certain way or they feel like a negative emotion, they run to someone else, they run to a friend, they run to a family, they even run to a counselor. It's like, what about giving yourself counsel? What about understanding things for yourself? Because even social media, which I knew, like, I knew I was going to bring up because of anxiety. Even social media is such a big and a massive role in regards to anxiety or in regards to like wanting to be better. And especially from the spiritual perspective and mental perspective, it really, really messes people up. It completely ruins them. And they don't even know why. And even when they do know why, they're not strong enough to get rid of it or get because they don't want to be seen as strange. And it's like, hang on a second, like even that word itself, right, where the prophet has said, like tidings to the strangers, they like, don't have to be like everyone else. Why are you trying to be like everyone else? And and don't follow the crowd because most of the people are lost anyway. And whenever Allah uses the, the word most in the Quran for, for mankind or for humans, it's, it's always in a negative connotation. It's always in a negative sense where most people don't know. And that's why you see just flocks of people like buying toilet roll and stuff. Even though it's got nothing to do with the pandemic. It's like, why? You, and then everyone started doing it. It's like, hang on a second. Like, and it just shows, and, and, and even from the, the philosophical perspective, anxiety comes from not not being yourself or like being tired of being told who you're supposed to be and stuff and social media plays a massive role in telling you who to be um definitely at 100 percent agree with the idea that it can be and is toxic and I don't, I don't think we step back enough to evaluate why why we're using it um because a lot of us use it as a as a distraction or as a coping mechanism for a lot of things and we don't use it intentionally. I think that's, we don't necessarily need to get rid of it. I think we just need to use it more intentionally. And quite a long time ago, I don't know, 
I can't remember what conversation it was in, or it must have been a question sticker where you wrote about um, the importance of going off the radar. So yeah. what's, what is the importance of going off the radar and, you know, spiritual detoxing, I guess, because well, doing that will, will help one spiritual detox. So let's combine it all into one. What is spiritual detoxing and, you know, I guess, what are the benefits of doing that? So in a nutshell, spiritual, spiritual detoxing to every single person will look different, right? So every single one of us have very, very different tolerance levels. Some people can listen to music for hours on end and not be like that distracted by it. Other people can can um, be super, super like influenced by music. Other people can like maybe spend a few lazy days and they won't be productive and they'll be happy, they'll be fine with it. And then we got other people who like can't be, can't stop being productive and then it leads to like just any other different things and whatever it might be. Um, so spiritual detox is anything that gives your soul peace or it re reclaims your soul's peace or it allows your soul to breathe or to feel that peace again right because the two most forgotten sunnas that um every single person does no matter who you are like we've forgotten it is critical thinking so like the ability to reflect to ponder to to question and i think it's also solitude and i think obviously with solitude you have to also be very very careful with it because it's not something that it like everything in moderation, and that's the beauty of Islam, right? A lot of people get twisted. They think Islam's on the end of both spectrum. So there's fundamentalism, and there's also um, like liberal, yeah. So too liberal or like too strict, basically. And um, I think and and the Prophet says it. So it says it in the Quran and also in Hadith. Like Islam's the middle way. It's always the middle way. It's not about the about the extremes of either one. And the essence of our religion is moderation. Moderation in speech. Moderation in spending time alone. Moderation in um, hanging out with people, um, moderation in, in watching things or, or entertainment, even moderation in prayer. And not a lot of people speak about that. Even moderation in prayer, too much praying with the with, with the wrong mindset or whatever can easily make the hard part or whatever it might be. Um, so spiritual detoxing is anything you think that will allow you to one reflect and then two also re regain or reclaim or increase the peace in your heart or your soul. And I think the best way to do that, obviously, is to retreat and it is to be alone and it is to figure out, okay, cool, am I happy with who I am? Am I happy with who I'm becoming? Am I happy with my habits? And it's not, um, it's not something that we do to reach perfection. We can, we can never reach perfection. But it's about what you want for yourself. And there's an awesome, um, in Surah Fajr, um, um, Allah says to, to us, when we are good people, even while we're on this earth, this isn't just for like, the next world, he says, um, oh satisfied soul, um, come back to me well pleased with yourself and pleased with me. So Allah saying that we can get to a stage where we love ourselves or we are happy with who we are or who we've become. Imagine that stage. Imagine that like I can I'm allowed to be um, I'm glad with I'm I'm happy with who I'm becoming, I'm glad of who I've become, like I'm super confident about it. Like I don't know why we have this weird fallacy as Muslims or well, I've seen it with, with my own eyes, whether it be with the youngsters or even with like the older people where like we're not supposed to be confident or whatever. We're supposed to be like super, like not not like slave slaves, but obviously we're, we're slaves of Allah. But there's a beauty in that. Like we're not supposed to put ourselves lower than we actually are, right? We're not even supposed to put people above us. So mindset is everything, and mindset linked to anxiety massively. And mindset also can only be truly honed in or, or, or truly tuned in from your own inter interpersonal um, when when you spend time alone, right? Like if you're not spending time alone, you don't know whether your thoughts are yours. You don't know how authentic you are to yourself. You don't know how strong you are alone. Or you don't know how confident you are. 
And like, there's an awesome, awesome poem by Charles Dukas. Be wary of those who seek constant crowds because they become average. Their love is average, their hate is average, um, their happiness is average, and their sadness is average. And then you just become this average person. Uh, and linking it to Imam Ali, um, he said, and he says, um, he says, people are like uh, a flower, they're like dandelions, they just they go with the wind. Wherever the wind blows, they go, right? And it, it's super scary because they're not here and they're also not there. They're just in the middle somewhere and they don't know what's going on. And that's most people, but that's because we don't, uh, we're not honest with ourselves. Like, and it's hard to be honest with yourself. Like, if, if social media is making you jealous, it's very hard for someone to be like, oh my God, I'm actually going through jealousy or I'm actually a jealous person. Because we, we put an idea of ourselves that is higher than we actually think. But what's your reality? Like you can't lie to, one, you can't lie to yourself and you can't lie to God. If you do try to lie to yourself, you have cognitive dissonance where your mind and your soul aren't like best friends. They're like enemies and you're basically fighting yourself. And that's where a lot of anxiety comes from, a lot of mental health comes from. Because imagine this, and imagine this from, I'll say from my perspective, for example. Let's say I'm jealous of someone, yeah? Let's say I'm jealous of you, right? And I follow your page, I post all your stuff because I want you to think that I'm not jealous of you or whatever. But deep down, if I don't accept it to myself, I'm going to be fighting a constant battle that I'm never going to win until I admit it to myself. So even like, and then I start having doubt, I start um, creeping in doubts of a friendship or, or I start having a, a elements of envy and jealousy again. So well, why does she have, why does she have this? Why, why, how come I don't have this or whatever it is? But until I'm honest, with, and it causes discomfort, and it causes enmity in any in any friendship or any relationship, right? Unless you're honest. So if I'm not like, cool, I gotta be honest. Say, Listen, uh, Kieran, I can't like um, follow you anymore because I love the stuff that you're doing and that. But like, I just feel like I need to be tougher. And even if you don't have to tell someone that, right? Even if you just like just do it for the sake of just doing it anyway, because you don't have to explain yourself to anyone, right? And that's like a super. And I've seen it. I've seen it with people so many times. Like they delete their social media, they feel good for about two, three weeks. And they're like, I guess I gotta get it again because I'm stronger. It's like, no, you're, you've literally taken out like your disease and now you're going back to it because you're stronger. Like, no, like, be honest with yourself, any, And that's the, that's the most important thing, if anything, especially with spiritual detoxing, whether it be from people, whether it be with um, social media, whether it be from even like certain family members or whatever it might be, because we live in a culture, we live in a society where we're told that we're supposed to get along with everyone and, and if we don't, something's wrong with, with us. Like even the prophet Peter Funim told people like he never wants to see again or he told the person that killed his uncle, look, I don't want to see you anymore. Um, don't walk in the same path where I'm walking. Spiritual detox, spiritual detox in everything, whether it be mind, body or soul. I think in solitude obviously it gives you that space to sit with yourself and sitting with yourself is hard thing is with yourself is really hard and I can vouch for that it's, it's one of the hardest things um, and also being honest with yourself that's also really hard because when you're sitting with yourself you see you see more of yourself you see a bit more of your reality and even when you said with social media or around other people when we notice things coming up we notice certain feelings coming up we just want to push it away so we just carry on doing what we're doing we don't really want to deal with it so when it when it uh when it comes up, when it comes too much, for example, with social media, when a certain thing comes too, becomes too much for a person, they do that, they go off social media for a while. Um, I, I'm in one of those uh, right now, you know, um, but that's from, I think many people can relate that burning out, that burnout, yeah. that spending too much time and then trying to, um, it, I guess this, uh, there's this, 
wanting to have validation from what you do um, and thinking, okay, this isn't enough. Maybe you need to step back. You step back and then you say, okay, I'm better. Then you come back, but you're not. Um, you don't really deal with what, what those feelings that came up in the first place. So what happens is you go back to it and then it repeats. And then, you, you know, the whole cycle just keeps repeating itself. And I think that's, with with detoxing that's really important um to literally just analyze and reevaluate everything um not yeah. not not overthink everything and you know just deep everything and go, yeah. go down into this spiral but just reevaluating things often and um, that's the most important thing because this concept of overthinking or whatever look what social features we can never turn off our thoughts it's about putting the correct meanings using the correct knowledge onto the correct thing and that's what wisdom is is to see things as they are. Um, I'll give you two, two nice little quotes, yeah? One's by someone called Theodore, and I'm not going to try to say his second name because I'm going to get it so wrong. It's a Russian dude. But um, he basically said, it's better to know why you're unhappy than to be happy in the fool's paradise. Mm-hmm. And that actually, he, that comes back to the whole concept of um, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's good for you to know your own desires. It's good for you to look deep in yourself and be like, cool. Why do I? Why am I doing this? Am I doing it for people? And then Ibn Josie says it, which is an awesome thing. Ibn Josie says he says when you give your heart to the people, um, he said it'll it'll be um always in a state of uneasiness and it'll feel empty because they're dealing with it, right? And and he says whenever you put anything above Allah, he'll make you depend on it, and then he'll also cause you humiliation by it, or he'll make you um he'll test you with it, right? So if you're someone that does stuff for the people and you live for the validation. You'll also die by their rejection. And and I'm gonna end it on like the whole Rumi thing. And yeah, Molana, he says, he says half of life's anxieties are comes from trying to please others, and then the other half comes from just dealing with others. And he says, Leave this play, have you not played enough? Mm, wow. So no offense, no offense to me, no offense to you, no offense to anyone if there's any good in the world. People don't need us. Because guidance is from Allah, right? We just do the little bit that we can. Because like so many people have said, oh, Khalil, you should get a YouTube channel, or you should do it. I'm like, no, look, I'm happy where I am. Like, I'm not trying to become, I'm not trying to chase fame or, or popularity or whatever. Like, I know what's, what I'm good with, and I know what I don't want to do. I know what will discomfort me, whatever it might be. In my own personal life, yeah, I mean, even in my own career and stuff, I'm always taking a step back, or I'm always just staying where I am for a while. I'm, like, I'm happy, that, there's no point trying to change it, or because or, I'm happy. Why would I try to change it? Or why I, I know what I'm. I know what I'm like, right? And it's because I know what I'm like. I don't really. I've never had to deal with anxiety or panic attacks, but I've fully understood them. I've seen them play out, and, and I've also put the links together to know what it is. And it's like, look, we. It's always about people. And Rumi says, all we do, all we do is we chase phantoms, mm-hmm. right? Whether, whether it be likes on Instagram, whether it be like shares, or whether it be. Oh, you're amazing! And I said, "Hang on, like this praise isn't even worthy of. I'm not worthy of praise anyway. Like it's all Allah's." And and then and then so from that societal perspective, from like the, the social media perspective, anxiety is a very very nasty and an individual thing that we we become we become our own disease. We become our own enemies. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. And are there any tips that you can give for a person either? Actually, this is two different set of tips, I guess, for dealing with anxiety, um, especially as as Muslims as well. 
any practical tips that you can give and also um, with spiritual detoxing what kind of things would you say because I know people might jump into it and jump into the deep end without trying the shadow yeah. first uh, without yeah. knowing how to swim and then that's when it starts to go wrong. I'll begin with um, the, the tips for um, anxiety first right so one it is about you thinking about it before anything else before you run to the cure you got to think about the whole element of where, where is it coming from and of course I'm not talking about when you're dealing with a panic attack or an anxiety attack, that's when you start thinking about it. Like before it happens again, right? Think about it then. Now there's obviously when when you do start having the physiological symptoms of an anxiety attack or a panic attack, there's something that's really, really helped out with a lot of people that I've worked with. And it's called grounding. And what it is is you and many people take grounding in a different way. So I know some people who when they feel it coming on, they'll totally isolate themselves from everyone. And they'll go lie down in their bed or like in a dark room and they'll, they'll lie down on the right side and that's helped out for a lot they'll close their eyes they'll just focus on their breathing so that's what it is a lot of it is to do with the breathing techniques right and you can go through different many many different breathing techniques whichever ones work for you that's grounding there's obviously sometimes it'll happen in like a public place because obviously you never really decide when you get um panic attacks or anxiety attacks when they when they come and i think um the best thing to do when you're in public is, is take a seat or find a place where you can lie down as well and don't just tune into your breathing if you're in if you're in nature like listen to the birds or um try and try and figure out your senses so like what can you smell and there's five things with the what can you smell what can you see um and there's like a, this, there's a few more other ones of, um if you some people say you should even eat and i know some people that that, that really helps them like they, when they have an anxiety attack coming on or panic attack they'll start like chewing gum and and like, it's fine because they just focus on it it's about taking your focus away from it. And for other people, it's genuinely about focusing in and honing in and saying, okay, cool, let me focus on my breathing. Where am I right now? What's my name? And some people even, and this is an awesome thing that I've started doing recently with people, is start thinking about um, the future. Like, so when you're dealing with it, say, okay, cool, what are my dreams, what are my aspirations? And it, for some weird reason, like it, it, it helps people because they're like, are they not thinking about the moment? And sometimes as human beings, we focus too much on the issue and the problem. And that's not, that's one thing that I also wanted to say today is that don't focus too much on mental health. Don't focus too much on like your emotional state or even anxiety because it can lead you to being more anxious and the shaitan and the devil wants us to focus on like the, the quote unquote negative elements of life. So we're not progressing or we're not moving forward. Like it, it's important to understand them but at the same time, we'll never ever become a master of our own emotions or our own mental health. Like there's, there's fate and there's free will. Um, and in regards to tips on spiritual detoxing, it's anything. So like, okay, so there's a simple, simple, um, an awesome hadith that says, when you do good, you feel good. And when you do bad, you feel bad, right? Figure out what are the things that are making you feel bad and what are the things that make you feel good. And not even in a temporary sense, even if it's just in a temporary sense, cool, you can do that as well. But in terms of like longevity or like consistency, right? Like for me, I know what I do um, from a personal perspective, even though I've never dealt with anxiety or panic attacks, I know it's something that could easily happen one day if it, if it wanted to, if I wanted to test me a bit, right? So I always take time out, not because I need to take time out, but because I want to, right? I'm like, cool, I feel good. I feel like I've done some good today. I'm going to zone out. Or I might go watch um, a halal movie or whatever you want to call it, a documentary. Or I might go for like a little walk in the park, I might go spend time alone. Because it's not about waiting for your body to like go through those emotions or those emotional states or mental health states like anxiety. It's about dealing with it before it even comes. But then when it does come, it's not an issue. It's about dealing with it and understanding it when it does come. 
and spiritual detoxing for me is like 100% spending time with good people. Um, not the best of people, obviously, like you spend time with good people and even bad people because you understand from them, you learn from them. And the most important thing, genuinely, it is knowledge. It's like learning new knowledge, like learning new knowledge, not like just for the sake of learning it, but like whatever you're dealing with in life. Like, for example, I get like nearly 20, 30 questions a day from different people. How do I do this or how do I do that? Okay, cool. I might not know the answer to every single one. So whatever I'm dealing with in terms of questioning, I have to then look into. So that even a, a normal person, for example, someone that isn't, um, who has a lot of free time on their hands, right? They can look into, okay, maybe like I don't know much about halal meat, or maybe I don't know much about women's inheritance. Let me go find out. Let me go, let me go search that. Because Allah says, whoever treads the, the path of knowledge, paradise becomes easy because then you start to live a life where everything makes sense. And that's the most important part. Where like you need to make sense of everything. I think in the moment when when we're going through, you know, even the physio physiological or even if it's in our mind, the thoughts that are going in through our minds, um, just to move the focus away, just to anything. Um, I think one thing that helps with me is remembering Allah, and just with when done with um, with presence and when, when we're focusing on that, when we're really focusing, it it really does help and even the physical symptoms or what's in our head it starts to fade away a bit and it's like wow you know i could have helped this before um and i think like you like you said it's important to try these things um and to make a practice of them outside of when we're feeling like that because then that gives us the ability to do it when we're feeling like that or to prevent it from becoming worse when it's happening yeah, definitely. And I think the, the thing you touched upon, which is awesome as well, it's, it's always trial and error. Like, you know, I said, oh, I could have done that earlier. It would have made it easier. That's the, that's the whole thing. And this is where my issue comes into it as a counselor. I'm like, why is everyone looking for one specific issue on one specific mental health problem? It's, it's always a load of things. It's always like a few things. And it's like the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, right? And it's like, don't focus too much on it. You can, you can either focus on getting better, right, which is what you're supposed to do. That's only half of it. But you have to also understand it as well, right? And, and that's when obviously counselors come in handy because I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but throughout this whole like time we've been speaking, I've not given a set definition on, on anything. Like mm -hmm. I've not said this is exactly what it is for everyone. It's super subjective because Allah offers objectivity, like the absolute complete truth. And then mankind, or he allows mankind to offer subjectivity, which is opinions or whatever. And then there's something called intersubjectivity, which is, your own interpretation of it. So I'll give you a perfect example, right? Is you could never ever truly explain to me what happiness is, or you could never, your own happiness. You could never, you could never, and forget that, right? That's emotion. Let's take it to like a super superficial level, right? You could never even explain to me what an orange tastes like, or an apple. Never. Like, so if you can't even talk to me about <laughs> the taste <laughs> of an orange or an apple, right? It's like, how are you going to talk to me about your hat? Like, you got to figure that out for yourself. And that's the beauty of Islam. Allah made it so vast that we can find our own our own footing in it and enjoy our own portion of, of goodness in this world. Wow. Yeah. I was When you said that, I was trying to think of how an, uh, an orange tastes like, and I was like, wait. <laughs> but, not, yeah. but that's the thing no one really <laughs> understands. No one really, really understands. And that's, there's, that, there's always that quote, like, oh yeah no one understands anyway there's no point in telling them but that, that's the yeah. beauty of it and um, no one will understand what's going on in your mind but 
that that's for you to figure out but to have someone there um to try and understand and try and give their i guess perspective and in your case with 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 therapists i know that they don't sit there and say okay yo what what, what are you doing and they don't they don't directly give advice and tell you what to do um it's it's that being there and trying to work through it with that person and that that makes the burden a lot easier and I guess we could end on this. As a as a therapist, I know that you talk to so many people who suffer with anxiety or whatever it is uh, with their mental health, whether it's on a surface level or whether it's a lot really deeper and severe. How important would you say it is to actually reach out for professional help when it's needed? Because in reality, when we're anxious, when we're stuck in our own minds, we're stuck in our own minds. We can't see anything else other than the box that we're in. We can't we, we can't see it from a different or clear perspective, but that's what we need sometimes. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it is super, super important. On, and <laughs> this question always, my mind always goes different place with this, right? It's super, super important to ask the right help, but it's from the right people, right? And let me explain that a lot, a lot better. Not every single therapist is gonna be able to help you because guidance isn't from them, right? but you at least have to go to a person that you think will understand you best. And everyone says this, oh, I'm free from judgment or I won't judge or whatever. Very few people can have that mindset, truly, right? And the Islamic framework allows you to have that mindset. So I would always say, go to an Islamic counselor. Even if it isn't to a counselor, even if it's just to your friend, right? Someone that knows you, someone that has counselor's ethics where they're gonna be confidential. They're not gonna use it against you. Someone that you truly trust. Now, obviously, it's beneficial to go to a counselor because you don't know them. It can be super subjective. There's no bias involved, whatever it might be. But I think it's important who you, who you go reach out to. And, and this is not me saying, oh, you have to get it. This is not me saying you have to get it perfect first time. This is me saying if you go to a counselor and you start with them and you, don't, you feel uncomfortable, you are way more in your right than just to like say, listen, it's not working. I only want another one, right? Again, trial and error. Don't feel like you've gone to one person and you told them their secrets, like their, their, your own secrets, therefore you have to stick with them forever. Don't do that at all. Like never ever feel like you're obliged to stick with the same person or to receive help from the same people. It, you, can always, you can always mix and match, right? It's your, it's your life, right? It's your mind, it's your secrets. You can feel free to mix and match or whatever. Obviously it's difficult to open up so many times to so many different counselors, but listen, that's part of life. There's not one route of life that's gonna make you or bring you to, close to perfection or whatever it might be other than Islam, and Islam also says that when the Prophet peace upon him, even though he was a messenger of God, he also sought counsel, not counseling, but counsel in itself. There's obviously got similarities within it. Um, from Hazrat Umar, from Abu Bakr, from Ali, Allah be peace with all of them, right? It, it's always, it's always, okay, cool, maybe he, maybe this person knows more on this than I do. And maybe like, because um, I know you do, you do awesome work as well, right? And I know that there's so many, so much beautiful stuff that I've also believed or I've also thought, and I've, I've always just told people, look, there's an awesome answer if you do want it, and it's on Kieran's page, go to, to Kieran's page, or like, I'll send it to them, and it, it's awesome. Every single person helps. And that's where I think my, my, um, my beauty from, I'm not in it for myself. I'm not in it, I'm in it for that person. I'm in it for a lot. I'm like, look, I know there's help other places. I know other people can. But you see, a lot of counselors want to have that God, pers- God um, perspective or God complex, where it's like, oh, only I can help. And mm-hmm. my framework said, no. Islam's Islamic framework is the best, and whoever works within that, I think it's good to go there because they understand the soul, 
because um, your anxiety might not always be a spiritual thing, it could be a physical thing, it could be a mental thing. But at least you're going to those who truly understand it from a holistic perspective, a wholesome perspective. And it's super important to reach out, but only reach out once you try to figure out for yourself. Don't, re don't reach out as soon as something goes bad, because what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to like seek counsel from yourself and from your own heart. Rumi said it, um, I have been a seeker and I still am, but I stopped asking the books and the stars and I started listening to the teachings of my own soul. And it's like, hang on, like you are yourself. No one understands you more than you do. And no one, and obviously other than Allah and yourself. So first figure out if anything's going on with you. First figure out what it is um, that you need to figure out. If you can't, if you have mental blockages, if you have spiritual blockages, Allah said, go to the right people. It was really insightful um, having that conversation today. But Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for joining me. And I know that there's so many people who will benefit, well, who will benefit once it's out um, from, it, from this, inshallah. Um, where can people like contact you? Should they need? I know you said you have your own your own company. So um, the first thing is, inshallah, hopefully you tag me so that they can go come to my um, Instagram. And then literally, it's just it's just about sending a simple message or, or simply saying, look, I need some help on this. And then we just take it from there. Like we, we never we're super flexible with it. Um, we do so many different types of counselling. Like just for one example, like recently I'm, I've started doing this the whole voice note thing, where like someone will just because they have time to think about it. They don't have to be on the phone or on the spot face to face. They have to think about it. So I'll send the voice note question. They'll write out the answer or they'll send the voice note back. Um, it's super flexible. It's always about the individual. And it's always about the individual being comfortable. Um, so yeah, they can get in touch through my own personal page or the Eclectic House page, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. That's great. Then I will definitely uh, tag it. But inshallah, if you guys have benefited from it, make sure you check out Khalil. And if you need any, basically, if you need any help, this is your this is your person to go to uh, inshallah your, your content like i know is helping people people have told me that it's, it's awesome and like jazakallah for having me on today like it was it was an awesome conversation and um definitely we'll do we'll do some stuff together inshallah in the future as well inshallah we'll do more stuff inshallah definitely definitely and yeah. i look forward to it and jazakallah khair for joining me and taking out your time and blessing us with all that knowledge and all that um all those realities the reality checks um, so Alhamdulillah, that was today's episode. If you liked it, don't forget to share it. And as always, you know, I was going to say like, comment and subscribe again. I, th I think I need to stop saying that. <laughs> I like saying that. It's just one of those. Um, but inshallah, share it and leave your reviews and let us know what you thought. And join me next time, inshallah. Take care. Asalaamu Alaikum.